night and had to like, Harper's close a the pizza shop. master. Yeah, now. I'm like, like I, I'm known as a pizza, pizza industry insider. I've made a lot of pizzas. Um, <laughs> I don't like to brag. <laughs> There's but, no other way around a pizza. Yeah, so I like I get off work and I'm fucking tired of shit, you know. And I like have plans to go meet up with this person, so I like bike down to this bar. Um, and then they like take like forever and a year to get there, which is fine because I'm never in a hurry to do basically anything. And I'm, like, sitting there. I, like, so, fun fact about me is that I, like, I've only had one beer in my entire life because I think it's disgusting. I've had a lot of beer. Um, and the taste of most alcohol pretty much grosses me out. The only thing I can really get away with drinking usually is, like, cider or champagne. And, and it has classy. to be, like, pretty sweet cider or champagne. We like, should drink champagne sometime. Candy-esque. Yeah, like Like, like trashy yeah. pink champagne. Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah. have mimosas. Yeah, let's have mimosas. Um... <laughs> so so I'm at this bar and I'm sitting there by myself and I'm drinking this like really sweet cider and all of a sudden I hear this southern accent from behind me and it's like a, like a woman's voice who goes oh that's a bitch drink <laughs> and so I wheel around you know like yeah. not knowing what the fuck is going on and here's my date you know I recognize her from I mean, her picture I mean to be fair it is a bitch drink I guess like I don't <laughs> I don't know. Somebody out there would probably take issue with that. I'm sure. But I'm, they not, can, they can, I'm not that person. They can it did me... set an odd tone <laughs> for the rest of our interactions. Um, as somebody who, like, never really, like, performed masculinity that well. Um, so then, like, you know, like, she sits down and then we're talking. And, like, it's really weird that she has this, like, southern accent because she specifically mentions to me that she's, like, lived in Portland her whole life. Weird. Um, which is, like, you know, whatever, but, like, odd. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're chatting and she's, like, a professional ping pong player also. So we, like, watch this video on her phone of her, like, playing ping pong at some, like, national competition somewhere. I it's, don't like that at it's all. It's very impressive, you know? I don't know. I don't like that at all. Well, you don't like ping pong. That's true. I do like ping pong. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Um, Because I'm a smug bastard and ping pong is a game for smug bastards. <laughs> I really believe. Because it's miniature tennis, so it's like petty tennis. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, just so much, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So anyway, she's like professional level uh, petty smug person, you know? <laughs> and that's cool. Like, that's often my type. But it, this is like an uncomfortable situation, largely. And But like, eventually, you know, she goes like... You know, she's talking about, like, her situation with her husband. She's married. Uh, we both, like, see other people. I should probably mention that so that the story makes any sense. But she goes, you know, she's talking about her husband. He's a nice guy. And they're talking about their situation around, like, dating and yada, 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 yada. And she goes, oh, do you want to, like, come back to the house and meet him? And I'm like, mm, I guess. You know, I have no plans tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um... And so I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm just going to, like, roll back to her place and I'm going to, like, sit in her living room awkwardly and, like, watch TV with her and her husband, you know. <laughs> um, But I get in her car and we go and then we get there and they, like, live in this, like, bottom room in this house. And so we go into the front door, we go through the kitchen, we go down the stairs. And then, like, as we descend down the stairs... I realize that there's already two people in this room. And the two people in the room are her husband and some other woman. 
and they're banging like directly in front of my eyes naked you know all the parts yeah they're just they're just they're hanging you know banging did you uh, see any ween like did you see any ween i saw ween i saw oh pretty much i saw all that there was to saw i saw at least one butthole Ooh, I saw that's Ween. Like, that's even a higher level yeah. than Ween, in my it opinion. Was, uh, it was, it was, it was a good time. Uh, did, you was scream huh? did you scream anus? Huh? Did you scream? Did you scream anus? What I did was sit at the edge of the stairs. So okay, what my date did was continue walking down the stairs like nothing was happening, <laughs> which was fucking odd. Um, so badass. So she just kind of like strolls into the room. There's like no door at the bottom of the stairs, you know? The door was like at the top, you know? She just like walks in and is like, bitch drink. Yeah, she just slides in and yeah. is like, sits down on the bed while they're like fucking, evidently finishing, and starts removing her clothes. And, you oh know, <laughs> I'm sitting on the stairs, you know, really awkwardly, you know, knees up to my chest. Petting this cat just like really intense. I didn't know there was a cat. That seems the cat appeared. Thank That's God. perfect. Yeah, uh, uh, cats are. But it, it, it made a pit stop for me on its way up to abandon me up the stairs. <laughs> um, but I'm like sitting here really awkwardly petting this cat, and then like my date has like mostly disrobed, I think, and it's like walking over and is like pulling me towards the bed, you know, with like arms out, you know, the way like cheesy. Uh, like the cool teacher who's like a dorky teacher who like gets the the students dancing at the school gym, you know. Oh where no, it's like that really is not awkward. a good image. And they do that like weird like motion where they like pantomime like slowly pulling people out of the crowd, you know, and like walking yeah. backwards. And kind of like one of these types of things. She's like sort of like rubbing my arm, but like not really gripping it, you know. Just yeah. Like, Come this way. And here's the thing about me is that I'm very easy um and like we'll like we'll pretty much go with the flow no matter how uncomfortable i've become most of the time unless you've like made me angry i'll pretty much go with it if i'm just uncomfortable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that being said i'm undressing in front of this other strange woman and this guy None of which, like i haven't signed up for any of this like none of this was discussed with me at any point you know God. And so, like, you know, I'm getting undressed, and then she's, like, kissing me, and so I start, like, kissing her, too. And then, like, there's, like, some conversation happening in the background between this guy and this lady about, like, going upstairs to eat burrito leftovers. (laughs) And so they go to do that, and then, like, you know, we're having sex, and it's blah. Yeah. I'm not super into it. I'm having a weird time. Um, (laughs) So it probably wasn't a great time for her either i can't imagine it was the like performance of my life um but then you know her like <laughs> we're like still having sex and the door at the top of the stairs swings open again or her husband walks back downstairs still like eating his burrito evidently this like other woman has left and he like goes back into this like other like corner of the room and sits down at a computer and it's just like starts like Chilling at the computer, listening to Radiohead while no, I'm like while eating a burrito, banging it out with his <laughs> wife, you know. And so then, like, eventually, I just I managed to finish, and I just like I roll over, you know. And then I realize when I roll over that I'm like laying on top of this like you know what feels like a dead fish, and it's this other dude's condom. No! <laughs> I and so I'm like, about well, fucking condom. 
I'll take care of that for you. I gotta throw mine away. And so I'm, like, holding both of these condoms up, you know, like, between, like, my index finger You're and thumb. You're such a chump. Like, I am. Like, totally, like, absolutely, like, the fascists are right. I'm a cuck. Like, that is clearly the case. Whatever. You didn't just have sex with someone else's wife while he sat there and watched. That's true. So I also cucked him. To be fair. I but was, like, I was does, actually the one cucking in the situation. But it seems to he feel like me. you are more of a cuck. Like, when you tell the story, yeah, like, you I don't have no totally power cuck. in this situation. I think, I think this all is about, you know, this story that I'm telling you is about the perniciousness of women and how they'll lead you astray in your That's life. true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I, like, throw away this guy's condom, and I'm, like, working on my exit strategy, because I, like, don't want to stay here, you know? Like, I, I'm, like, clearly, clearly, like, he's not going anywhere, so I'm not staying the night. Yeah. Like, even if they wanted me to, it's not happening. Yeah, no. So then I'm, like, awkwardly, like, oh, I'm supposed to meet up with some friends at this bar, and then actually start leaving to go meet up yeah. with some friends at the bar, and, like... As I'm, like, going back up the stairs, she's just, like, laying in bed. She's just, like, not really, like, you know, there's no, like, effort of, like, oh, yeah, bye. You know, yeah. it's just, like, she's just, like, laying in bed, like, mm, later. <laughs> <laughs> and then her, hus- her husband's, like, at the computer, and he, like, looks up, like, as I'm, like, midway up the stairs, and he just, like, looks at me, and he's, like, oh, hey, bro, yeah, just, like, uh, come over and, like, bang her any time, you know, that she wants. Welcome to the basement call. Uh, we are here with a very special promised interview. Uh, our interview with our elf guy. Last time around, we had this whole question about if you were referring to something having to do with elves, if you said elven or elvish, and we didn't know, and I was like, oh, I'll ask my elf guy. So we got him here. We know you guys care a lot. Like, yeah, I, know, that you- I know that you waited, and you were just like super duper concerned of like... About that, you, and, and at you the same time, remember you this weren't con- yeah, and you you also weren't concerned enough that you looked it up on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, elf guy, what is the difference between elven and elvish? I hope you're not unsatisfied that this is an incredibly short answer, <laughs> but <laughs> make it complicated. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, in in classical like Tolkien, and even now, like even contemporary fantasy. Um, the distinction is the same. Elvish is, uh, simply the language which elves speak. Uh, and elvish would be anything else. Like, you know, an elvish plow. <laughs> but anything else, like a book, it would, it would be an elvish book. It's an object. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Right. That was actually surprisingly clear-cut. I was expecting yeah. something much more esoteric. You did disappoint me. 
Yeah, I'm it's very short. I'm disappointed. Distinction. But that's okay, because we have other shit that we need to talk about. This is our fantasy episode, so we're going to be talking about fantasy, and we're probably going to go a lot deeper with it than you think, because we're smart people that want to fuck our own brains. There's a lot of... <laughs> we have to talk about fantasy. And this Not isn't cool. going to be pervy. No. This isn't like the sex door named fantasy, right? This is like castles, and wizards, and dragons, and unicorns, and fairies, and like, elves. Okay? Trolls. Trolls. Goblins. Ogres. Ogres. A lot of demonology. Yeah, books. Beholders. <laughs> Lore. Like, mirrors that you can look into, and if you throw water on them, you can, like, spy on someone, but not in a pretty way. Assless chaps just, like, everywhere you look. <laughs> Especially when you're riding horses. Fucking everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you have other shit on, you know? Maybe. Yeah, maybe, if you want to. Sun's out, buns know. out. Those are the rules. <laughs> That's the law. Yeah, you can't do, like... Uh, drips out, tips out. That's gross. <laughs> you know, that's uncomfortable for people. So, for context, uh, a couple months ago, like, I've loved fantasy novels uh, all my life, uh, but I did a whole project based on, like, my relationship to fantasy, um, and to go along with it, uh, I did a whole art project. I'm an artist. I make art. It's embarrassing. And to go along with it, I sort of wrote this, like, fake manifesto which i have like varying on varying days i believe like more or less depending on how i'm feeling uh, and i thought i would just like kick off the conversation by reading the first two paragraphs of this manifesto that i wrote uh so content warning it's a little intense <laughs> it's, it's it's like uh a dramatic okay so here goes uh fantasy did not help me survive because survival is not possible Desirable or positive, individuals cannot survive under capitalism. Not in any real sense. I am not surviving right now. I am dying, alienated, and miserable. We have uh, we have caved in the earth, and we are going to be buried underneath it. Capitalism will fail in the wake of environmental disaster and humanity with it, and that is for the best, because a true uh, end of capitalism can only come with the end of humanity as we know it. Uh, so I do not care about fantasy as a tool of healing, strengthening, or survival. I care about it as a mechanism for hyper-survival. I, do I don't care about fantasy as a coping mechanism to help one through dark times, because all times are dark. Fantasy is not precious to me, uh, because it helped me handle the world. The world is unhandleable. I only care about it because it brought me ecstasy, something like unworldly enjoyment. I do not think I will live to see a world worth living in, and right now I see a world corrupt and toxic that chews out those I love by demanding their labor and spits them out with little energy left uh, to do right by anyone. Why stay grounded in a place like this? So I recommend fantasy to excess eternal escapism. So, okay, a little dark, everyone, I know. I, I watch. I just watched William, like, a minute ago, like, pass into the astral plane, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Like, William's laying, like, sitting on my bed with his uh, feet, like, folded in front of him, and he just, like... As Genevieve was reading that, just, like, leaned backward and, like, closed his eyes and was just, like, lifted. I really just had to take that that in because, yeah, that's, like, my, that that is my existence. Definitionally, to me, hyper-survival is uh, living in continuous ecstasy with no concern for uh, prolonging your own life. So it's surviving through pure joy and, like, not really caring if, like, that survival continues for any extended period of time. 
Yeah, which is like a really cool idea. And so, for the record, if nobody has used it it's yet mine. as an idea, it's like mine. yeah, it's mine. It's like my dibs. Idea. Yeah, you know? like it's ours. Like, it's like, like Piper fuck, survival. Fuck all the rest here. of you. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think. Uh, and if you want to write a paper about it, like pay us money. Yeah, Genevieve mostly, but like I will also accept any money you send me. <laughs> Reining it in uh, to go back <laughs> to fantasy. I feel like one thing I was trying to get at. With this, this paragraph is this idea that, like, uh, which is pretty important to me when I talk about fantasy and fantasy, especially in terms of <coughs> politics, is this idea that, like, fantasy, it's not about teaching us some sort of important political lesson. It's not about, like, giving us tools to survive. Uh, it's, like, very much about, like, living in ecstasy and living in the fantastical and, like, experiencing the fantastical, not about, like, some sort of moral lesson or, like, a political metaphor, for me, anyway, is, uh, sort of, so, like, for me, when I think about, like, fantasy, I'm not really thinking about, like, uh, like, what could people learn, like, what political message could people learn from reading this book? But I will say that, like, fantasy, or, that, like, books, and I do think that, yeah, books are, like, where fantasy lives. Like, I think sci-fi really moved into, like, Hollywood a lot more but I think like fantasy really struggles there in a lot of ways so like fantasy I think really exists in books and the thing about books is that like you have a lot of creative control Mm -hmm. I guess is what I'm saying and so like fantasy works really well for something like that or for like romance you know Mm -hmm. where like you being able to like create exactly what you wanted even like totally contradictory to what the like author suggests like i pictured two different characters in the harry potter books as this kid that i went to elementary school with i'm just saying that like i told jk rowling to fuck off and was like oh no this kid actually looks like you know yeah this kid i went to third grade with i okay and so so did this other character because like your descriptions of them sucked we need to we need to talk about something that's like really important. I love magic, I love witches, I love all that shit. I fucking hate Harry Potter. And like to this day, if I see someone posting about Harry Potter on Facebook, I will block them. Because I hate Harry Potter. I hate talking about Harry Potter. Don't want to have conversations about Harry Potter. I hate Harry Potter as a metaphor for any kind of politics, especially. And I don't want to know what house you're in. Because if you like Harry Potter, you're I'm a automatically a Hufflepuff. Like if you're like <laughs> Like, to to read Harry Potter and me into it, I think this is, like, a Sam Chris quote, is to be a Hufflepuff, you know? <laughs> so, fuck off. Yeah. I yeah. don't really like Harry Potter. Um, I don't hate it quite as much as you. I, I would say I would it. say that I dislike it, but I definitely, my hatred is not on your level. I also went to a liberal arts school where, like, liking Harry Potter was, like, a personality trait, and people actually played Quidditch. Like, I had to, like, see idiots run around the field, like, on broomsticks, and I, like, one of my very good friends plays Quidditch. Not only do they play Quidditch, they hold an unofficial <laughs> gold medal. I believe there are no official Olympic gold medal, gold so. medal. Uh, from the, the unofficial London. The no, the the it was held in London. They the flew, year they held the did they actual fly, Olympics. Did they fly in, his ass to London? Yes, they yeah, they did. They, they flew did. the was, American team and they won. Ordeal. Oh my yeah. god, that's crazy. Yeah, if he was yeah. so good at footage. Why couldn't he just fly there? Major himself? pussy train. <laughs> what? 
I I guess yes. <laughs> we'll edit that. Yeah, out. no, like no, that's <laughs> that is your confession. All right, confession. Said. I said pussy <laughs> train on a podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. Okay, so like, yeah, one thing that's cool about fantasy is that like, if if you are not that concerned with like the logistical concerns of reproducing. Your means to fantasize, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is to say, you're a like living body. Yeah. Then, like, you can basically dream and dream and dream all day until you wither away and die. Which is great. Yeah. Pretty kind of great. <laughs> I know uh, several people who are actively doing this, like through fantasy. I think it's a really real thing. Well, I mean, through various forms of fantasy, like and video games. I think yeah. a lot of people do it through video games, and you, you know? know, literature. But I will say, video games are the opposite of books, right? Like video games, like there's no creative mm-hmm. control in video games. But it's just like everything about the world that you're supposed to be inhabiting is, like, yeah, just fucking walling you in from every side. I feel like there's something, though, like, what I've heard from people is it it enters the space of it being really, like, this monotony. You know, like, you get into this place of, like, monotony with it. You're you're grinding. You're grinding, and it becomes this, like, work and labor, and what I, like, feel like what I like to pursue in fantasy, and one reason that, like, I always, like, loved fantasy novels is it was this, like, every page you were constantly re-experiencing this, like, sort of, like, awe, or, like, constantly re-experiencing this, like, new, ridiculous, like, impossible thing. Um, and I feel like it's, it's interesting too, because, uh, one thing that I've heard before, like, is just people talking about fantasy in terms of it being like this, like, conservative genre or a genre that's like primarily, like, has like a sort of conservative, like, ethos. Yeah. Which, like, to me, it makes sense with the politics that's frequently presented in anime or not anime, (laughs) jumping the gun here, fantasy, but it's like, you know, because the politics that's often, like, put forward in it is this politics of, like, taking, returning what is, like, fastly becoming an anarchic world of disorder to, like, rightful power. Uh, so it's, like, you know, even in... Yeah, from, like, turn, turning back the darkness yeah, and, in, like, blasting the light. And blasting the light and the light is this, like, one authority. Like, we were, yeah. the king is returning to his throne. Like, the, uh, like, we like... The, the giant tower the, with the eyeballs well, getting being destroyed. knocked over. Like the, the, like the screaming army of orcs in, in uh, Black Block that are <laughs> yeah. like, they're, like smashing yeah. the cars or have been turned away by the like the, the elves with the, yeah, the like, racially lights. coded yeah. hordes. Yeah, are dispelled. You know, and I, I think there's like a point to that. Like the actual politics in a lot of like epic fantasy does have like a sort of conservative bias. But I think like well, a lot of fantasy, like, exists, like, like mythology exists, like, to convey, like, uh, like, social, like, mores, mm-hmm. you know, or, like, ethical truths, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's, like, a major role of how fantasy, like, is at least developed, you also, know? Also, it's just a framework. Like, I was really into the Tora Pierce novels when I was younger. And, like, all, they're all about, like, women taking the traditional place of men in, like, a royal society. So, like, women becoming knights or women becoming mages. And, like, uh, that was sort of a... Uh, and I really liked it. But, like, looking back at those stories now, they're all based around this one, like, the... Like, they have a bunch of characters, but there is this, like, good king. And he's the king. He's complete and utter rule over his kingdom. And all the characters are in it, like, supporting him. 
like yeah in like holding him up and enforcing his beneficent reign you know and i still really fucking love those books but it is it did have this like like there's one where one of the main characters is a cop and like she's she's a woman cop so it's a big deal it's okay yeah you know because that, that was like that's the thing it's about like women can be cops in the middle ages too you know that's <laughs> great. great yeah awesome feminism we win yeah. uh but like it was still it was still they're still like holding up this thing and like even fantasies we were for some misguided reason uh our friend group tried to read reread aragorn yeah we were doing a reading like a reading group like yeah. a book club sort of thing of aragon aragon <laughs> whatever it's called it by christopher paolini it's yeah. it's like a book about a kid who finds a dragon egg dragon egg hatches he has a dragon and then he like goes on an adventure can someone make christopher paolini listen to our podcast uh, if we talk about Aragon anymore, he won't like it. <laughs> because I don't, I'm running out of neutral things to say. Yeah, about the I've already said it's terrible. <laughs> for, for a 15 year old, yeah, yeah for a very year old kid. Yeah, very impressive. Great I work, mean, Slugger. Was, when I was 15 and I read that book, I had a huge crush on him because I like didn't have, I didn't Nerd! <laughs> I was a huge I probably would have asked like... you for a lot of advice. Yeah. At the time. I would have I would have wanted to go on a date with you. I'm pretty sure I I think I probably like felt too burned by his success cuz I was like about his age, I think. Yeah, and you were like I like felt yeah, guy. I felt too burned by his success like I like was definitely a kid who like flirted with the concept of writing fantasy novels in high school, you know, and they would have been fucking so much worse than Aragon. But at the time, I I think I firmly believed that they would have been much better. Well, what I was going to say is even in that text, right, there is like, there's like an evil king or like lord yeah. or something, an yeah. evil dark magician. And, and get that far. <laughs> it was too, it was there, too Okay, so there's a, there's a bad thing. Oh, yeah. man. And then Aragon <laughs> fights it and oh. it's destroyed. Yeah, but he, and then that, there's two other books where the same thing happens. Yeah. Probably. My point is like in Aragon and a lot of like fantasy novels, even if they're like deposing the like rightful king. Or deposing a king, an evil king. Yeah, they're if, doing it even to, if like, it's a quote unquote resistance. Re- yeah, they're doing it to reinstate some other sort of rightful power. You know, yeah. they're like like ordained by a lot of them. Yeah, there's like a great narrative. Enough, yeah. yeah, a lot of them have like prophecies. Yeah, or the like prophecy thing. It's like pretty conservative. Fate. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's like it sucks, yeah. right? Because like what's what's been always been cool to me about fantasy, like. So the reason William is here is that, like, he's my best friend. We've known each other for, like, 14 years. Um, and he was my dungeon master when we played uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Barry. you know? <laughs> and he can tell you that, like, what what I think is, like, coolest about fantasy dollars. is, like, you can just fucking break the world, you know? Like, yeah. you can just, like, like there's, like, the, the fucking... Everything that ties you down here, like, there is some work around you know like in fantasy where you can just be like actually no like fuck that that's not a thing so like instead we're gonna do this other thing so like in my mind like fantasy like has this sort of like resistance to the status quo in the very nature that it like can't be the status quo you know like mm-hmm. yeah it should right yeah like, like it, it like should. it has to be something else and it has to be at least to the person who is fantasizing mm-hmm. something better yeah you know and i think like that itself like fantasy itself represents almost like a will to power yeah. it's like the will sans power you know and i think that that's like i don't know that's pretty interesting i feel like 
it should be this thing about like constantly like discovering like a new way to like build something yeah like breaking the world you should be constantly yeah. breaking the world unfortunately i feel like you know a lot of people who write fantasy are very concerned with like world building and yeah. like this like establishing rules like has to come first and i feel like a lot of times people get like very entrenched in these like the idea of establishing rules and the idea of like and then like things will become like not yeah, so fantastic. yeah and it's like yeah it's like that's yeah. shitty world building because like if if 2016 taught us anything yeah. you know it's like like real worlds yeah. like don't necessarily make any fucking sense no they you know don't. like they, they like they break it's they're not like that they're not even breaking, consistent you know? like you know like the line of history is like you know it's like there and like there's a consistency to it but i also think that like you don't understand everything that's mm-hmm. happening and i think that like that's kind of like a similar area to where fantasy's coming. I feel from. like an author that does it well is uh, Diana Wynne Jones, who's like a British writer. She like wrote *Hell's Moving Castle*, that the movie was made off of, Ooh. the Miyazaki movie was made off of, and I think that she, she like consistently like is like it's, and I don't really again like I don't think that like, like you're not supposed to be learning like a moral lesson of like subjugating power like in your from books, right? But she like consistently creates worlds that are like. They're always like shocking. Like you're constantly being like shocked, and yeah. you're constantly being like broken. You know, I think it's like, and this is, I actually think it's something that's like important to mention when talking about whether or not fantasy is conservative or not. Is that I feel like I hear from people a lot of the criticism I hear from people is this like fantasy being like a story of like white men like going on like mythical journeys to discover their own yeah. power, which is like which is true of cliche fantasy. Like for me, like growing up, like. You know, you look at the cover of fantasy books, the women on the cover of fantasy books look like a very specific way. Yeah. And it can be, like, incredibly jarring as someone who's, like, trying to live in a fantasy to be like, oh, like, this is, like, a really skinny, like, pale white woman and, like, I want to live in this fantasy world, too, but I, like, can't. Yeah. You know? And that that can be... And it's, like, if you're trying to reach that, like, stage of hyper-survival and that stage of ecstasy, you know, you want to be able to just, like, seamlessly meld... And that you can't seamlessly meld into a world that you're not allowed into, you know? So yeah. I, that's why representation is important in fantasy. I don't think representation would ever make it not conservative. Yeah, the reason that you want, like, more diverse, like, stories in fantasy, I think, is so that you can have, like, m- more things mm-hmm. happen. You know, like, yeah. we've seen we've seen fantasy in the sort of, like, established faux, like middle ages european yeah thing like a zillion times yeah to the point that like there's there's a struggle to tell original stories like, yeah in that setting but you yeah. know it's like if if we're talking instead about like other contexts you know and like other like places where like people live and like find meaning and like well, like, Middle Eastern fantasy is definitely a good genre, and, like... Middle yeah. Eastern fantasy, African fantasy, yeah. I mean, like, modern fantasy... Like, contemporary fantasy, yeah. yeah. like, uh, specifically historically dated fantasy, you know, like, all this stuff is, yeah. like... That's not necessarily a limit of fantasy, that's, like, yeah. a, that's a, it's like social limit of, limit of yeah. like... Who gets to write what and whose books are Yeah, read. what the market yeah. of, like, shitty fantasy publishers is. Yeah, no, totally. And, like, shitty fandom... Fantasy well, and the fandoms. fantasy fandoms, and who wins the awards because uh, like fantasy yeah. awards so it's are like, a really big deal. I feel like it's hard to like put that on the genre, mm-hmm. 
when it it's like a product of it's clearly class. an institutional yeah. bias. Yeah. yeah. Part of that I think has to do with this like weird like intellectual like specialization yeah. that we do where like not everyone gets to like record their fantasies all the yeah. time. We get like a serious like difference between fantasy? what is like fantasy as a genre and what yeah. is like fantasy as an activity. And like fantasy as an activity, like I think is like necessarily Yeah, like is necessarily like not reactionary. Like yeah. it's always like moving forward because like it's all about like desire from where you are, you know. Even if like that desire is like a retrogressive movement, which yeah. depends on the person that we're talking like i feel like that's the weird thing about the like fantasy is conservative thing because that's going to depend wildly depending on what we're talking about and i feel like it's contract is contrasted with sci-fi is also like has like really cool like potentially like uh liberating ideas and also like horribly bad ideas no and i think that's really true i think i don't know and i think that's like one reason why like moving away from like fantasy like unfortunately i've also picked up a really serious anime watching habit i feel like i can reach that like hyper survival state faster with anime now yeah because it actually like like a lot of anime is like so shocking and it's so like it's high octane it's like high octane to the like awe to the awe senses yeah that like i can like go there really really fast with uh i know it sounds like i'm talking like about drugs right now I'm not, but but it <laughs> just feels cartoons. Like, just cartoons. Well, and cartoons in general, I feel yeah, like yeah, I I feel yeah, that way about a lot cartoons, of cartoons. There's, like, there's only so many and that I can like get into. I've but there there's a, there's, a there are a lot of, of like American cartoons that like yeah. I just adore that like yeah are very fantasy oriented. Well, like I mean the big one, Adventure Time. Adventure Time. Adventure Time. Even Universe is I feel like sort of a I'm on drugs when I'm watching that show. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It has definitely have some like drug white drug like qualities to it. Um, over the garden wall. Over the garden wall. Which we marvelous misadventures of Flapjack. Oh yeah, we've talked about how over the garden wall is like super conservative. In the end, yeah. In the end, it's like really. We don't want to give any spoilers. You guys should definitely watch Over the Garden Wall. And like, I guess like one thing when I started like thinking about like anime and also about cartoons, uh, like fan fiction came up for me as like a way in which people are like putting themselves like they are slipping themselves into stories and like working their way into the fiction so that they can like live in it and exist in it like just like fan fiction is like incredibly popular it is like a huge it's like yeah like people like mostly younger people but honestly like people of all ages like isn't isn't the longest book in the world of fanfic there's some book that i'm pretty sure is like four times the length of war and peace that's like a fanfic about sonic or some bullshit (laughs) i'm dead serious yeah yeah i think you're right but i don't think it's sonic i think it's actually mario some that's so real that's so real Mario is Mario fantasy because I think it is. There's like a dragon oh, and yeah, a princess. There's... Mario is definitely fantasy. Mario's way fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking bad about fantasy, Sonic but on this podcast, good call. Um, good call. Yeah, but I do, I do think Mario constitutes fantasy. It is weird that there's like a plumber in it, but still, no, 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 no. The the plumber is the is is what makes like in some ways is what like represents it as quintessential fantasy. Yeah, because it's fantasy. It's the pig herd. It's fantasy at the source because it's like, it's the plumber's refusal to like 
actually exist in the like muck and mire of his existence. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, so he like goes through you, a have this, you have this you have this like hyper survival. Yeah, yeah, you have this like it definitely is Italian love. You know, like him yeah. and his like fucking doofus brother run probably some like shitty low rent plumbing like operation. They live in what well, I think Queens? They live in Queens, you know, and like they have to yeah. just like hang out in fucking sewers all the time, which doesn't seem like a normal plumber's job. Um and so like if I were fucking Mario, I too would believe would like like to imagine one of these like pipes sucking me down into like a beautiful like eight to sixteen bit like brightly colored world where like everyone thinks that I'm the fucking raddest dude and like pretty much the biggest babe around is like super into me also. Like, yeah, and I'm like killing dinosaurs all the time. Yeah, well, no, like you ride, you're like you ride basically dragon. impervious. Yeah. Like you like literally just like rub your ass on people until they're dead. And like, like <laughs> shit, I can fly and breathe fire. Yeah, like yeah, Mario makes sense. Like the fact that he is a plumber from like the world that we live in is exactly like why he makes sense as fantasy. You know, yeah. like yeah, fantasy like. It's just the, like, springing up from, like, the shittiness of your life into something that's, like, way chiller. Like, more than it is about, like, specifically, like, dragons and magic and, like, yada, yada, yada. It's just, to me, it's about, like, rupturing reality to something that, like, Mm -hmm. sucks way less. Yeah. Which, like, can be really immobilizing, you know? Like, you can get, like, really trapped in that and then, like you know, do the wither away and die thing, which is, like, your prerogative, I guess. But, like, what I would find much more interesting is, like, you know, like, that sort of, like, lighting this, this, like, desire inside of you and, like, crystallizing it as something that, like, you actually want to, like, make happen in the world in front of you because, like, you're sick of, like, like, fantasies are never going to be as good as just having a good life. No, totally. And so, like, like, at a certain point, like, the fantasy becomes, like, like, the goal, you know? And then, like, you have to, like, start mashing the world into something that, like, makes you want to flee it less. I feel like I felt, when I was, like, writing this, because, you know, when I was writing this ex-fantasy thing, I think I felt really torn. The idea that, like, fantasy somehow would, like, teach you lessons to be able to, like, improve the world. Which, like, I don't know, for some people it might, you know, but I guess, like, I was, like, less, which I think is, like, it's, like, an interesting debate, too, because it's, like, I was less interested in having people be, like, fantasy is something that's gonna, like, teach me how to, like, fix problems or drive me to fix my problems as, like, fantasy is something that's gonna, like, like, help me move past, like, even the concept of survival. Well, yeah, so there's, I think there's two, we have to, we have to draw the line between two, I think, very, 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 very different categories of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And those are fantasy that you know you're experiencing and fantasy that you yes. don't know you're experiencing, yeah. which is delusion. <laughs> which, like, having been in the Maoist cult, yeah. like, delusion makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I get it. Yeah. And so, like, cool. the difference happens, between those man. two things, between having a fantasy which, like, allows you to exist in the, like, real world and having a delusion... Is that, like, you, like, like, how much you're willing to engage with the situation that you're actually Mm -hmm. in. Because, like, a delusion says, 
actually, I'm not in the sewer with my, like, dipshit brother, Luigi. I'm actually <laughs> in the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. Whereas, like, the, like, turning and facing that reality and, like, then, like, being, like, actually fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to instead imagine that I'm off yeah, somewhere else yeah. are two fundamentally different concepts of fantasy. Yeah. And I think like are going to like develop in different ways because one of them I think becomes a sort of like operative like thing for you to do in your life. Yeah. You know, or because like, like yeah. it becomes a goal. It all comes from those like real world frustrations, you know, and like I think that like that's to me like why fantasy is not conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, or what's interesting is, like, it kind of makes me think about the conversation of we were having of, like, LARPing the other day when we were talking about how, like... Well, first, I have never been LARPing. I am, like, tangentially interested in going sometimes. You guys have... You both have done, like, some LARPing. Yeah, stuff, like, right? sort of sort of LARPing. LARP-esque stuff. LARPing, LARPing on the more athletic side than, uh, like story side yeah. like so like there wasn't a lot of role play when we were laughing it was more just beating the shit out of each other with sticks that's probably for the best i feel like i probably yeah, like and like pretending know. it was swords but, yeah like, yeah i feel like that's you know. it's like it's like a larp for sure but it's not it's not like a full larp it's not deep larp no it isn't see if i was gonna go larping it would definitely have to be like deep larping like you know, there's there's levels, and you can spelunk down the cave and, <laughs> yeah. and stop off at each level, I think. There's um, different jump-off points, I think, in the LARP. Yeah, you know? and the real the real question is, like, when you get to the bottom of your line, are you going to, like, you know, hang there, climb back up, or just cut the rope? You know, like... Because <laughs> I've seen dudes, like, cut the LARPing rope before, you know, they rappel down into the cave and reach the bottom, and it's just, like... Well, like, I'm still not in it deep enough, so, like, you know. Then they splatter on the bottom, and they're they're good. They have a long ponytail, and, like, they, like, lost their girlfriend and, like, dress up like a pirate every weekend. Chill. Um, <laughs> uh, and Or they're, like, 15, and they end up writing, like, a best-selling fantasy or, novel, or, and yeah. they're just, like, fucking set for life. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I wonder how much that kid was, like, Super deep into fantasy. I mean, obviously he was super deep into fantasy, but I, like, I wonder how much he was like. Like, I doubt Christopher Paolini was a larper. I think he no, was he just was. Rich. He was like, he, yeah, he was definitely rich. He was like homeschooled. I read about him. I had a crush on him. Remember, he was like rich. He was like homeschooled, and his like lived on this like huge wild property with his like mom and dad and their two beautiful dogs. Yeah, they're and yeah, and like he learned to make a bunch of weapons and like like by hand and like shit like that. I bet his family's full of fascists. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that was another thing I was going to say about the whole, like, fantasy thing, which is that, like, like the whole, like, conservative fantasy thing is a lot of fantasy novels have the sort of terrifying implication that people, like, like, receive their holy, like, like, power from the land. There's a lot of, yeah. like, blood in the soil in a lot of fantasy novels, especially with, like, elven races. Yeah, a lot, or, or, which has, or from like, some, like, divine source. Yeah. It's like we get our power from the trees because this is our land and we, it's our holy land and we like belong here, you know? Yeah. Which it, I think is like pretty creeps. Not down with that. But again, like if you're just existing in this fantasy world as a way of like not existing in your world, you can sort of just be like enchanted by the elves or enchanted 
by like that sort of world and then i feel like that's kind of where you need to take a step back from being like this fantasy novel is like teaching me how to change the world to be like this fantasy novel is like a way of getting high you know yeah yeah i well when i was gonna just switching back to larping for a second we were talking the other day about how like a lot of like a lot of like lefties on Twitter and Tumblr, like I feel like they could just do with a good, good like LARPing session. Really, just get probably some stuff a lot of right wing guys. Too. Yeah, just like, like you know, like I just feel like, like a lot of right wingers basically are LARPing. Are LARPing. Are LARPing. Yeah, yeah, but I feel yeah, like I feel like if they went like they're LARPing under the guise of it being real. real yeah, I feel like if they went just like full on fucking LARPing, you know, with like laser guns some of them are dressed up like aliens you know and like there's a whole thing then like they can like they can totally forget the whole at like because they the fantasy that they've created is like the fucking like syrian people like coming here to murder us all or something yeah but like they can they just they get could, all their they could instead out. focus that the way that like jrr tolkien did by like instead like making up a story like yeah a- just like rewriting the world in his own racist vision yeah and like Leave that way they could all just alone. like i'm not saying that that's like the ideal situation to deal with fascism but it would be convenient for us if they were like busier hitting each other with boffer weapons than like threatening everybody with hate speech and, like, and actual I, I actually think i as i was saying i think it would be good for like i don't know there's some like people that i'm like you know you really seem invested in, like, the Soviet Revolution. You know, like, that, like, seems to be, like, coming up for you big time in a way that's, like, invading my Yeah, in, in a way like, that doesn't happen to most people. Like, like we're not, most people living in America in 2017. Yeah, like, that just, like, there seems to be, there's something going on there. And I feel like maybe if you could just, like, get that out through a LARP. Like, you can LARP as, like, Stalin. You can LARP as someone subservient to Stalin. If that's, yeah, like, yeah. You, the thing you, you want to do is you want to LARP as, like, uh, the the guy who gets the position instead of, like, Khrushchev. Yeah. Like, because I think that that's the way that all of these people, like, see themselves. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have, like, we're going to overthrow the government and then, like, run it as communists. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to work really well. I'm just going to, like, pick up where Comrade Joe left off. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just, like, obviously doesn't work because, like, you're basing everything that you're, like, trying to, like, live the world on, on your, like, fandom of history. Yeah. But but if you could just LARP that out instead of, like, screaming about me, screaming at me on Twitter, that would be, like... That'd be sick. That'd be great. I don't need to be yelled at on on Tumblr. I hate being yelled at online. Can I just say that? Like, I'm, like, a kind of snarky person in real life, but I really don't like being yelled at by line. Everybody who yells on the internet thinks the internet is a yelling competition. Yeah, when in fact what the internet actually is, is a, like, tuning out competition. Yeah, it definitely is. It's where like you, like, thing, like have to decide where you want to get your information from and then, like, whittle that down until you are only trusting Alex Jones. Yeah, the only one. <laughs> Exclusively. He's the only one that will tell us the truth. fucking everywhere. I went to, in Germany, I went to some sort of, like random ass castle castle in the middle of nowhere in germany and there was <laughs> there was a info war sticker in the woman's bathroom like middle of nowhere in germany yes castle and i was like oh my god he's made it he's made it here i wonder 
Dude, I I don't know. Like, why the castle? Like, is the castle, like, a, a strategic... No, it's not. The whole point of that castle is there's no reason for it to be built, and it's completely empty. Awesome. Like, this castle is, like, a useless piece of architecture made by a man who was in love with Wagner. Uh, and Wagner was like, I don't swing that day, bro. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Genevieve and I would like to get in the habit of answering questions for people on the podcast and so we were like putting out like we both like made facebook posts asking people to ask us questions and we told them that we were planning on talking about fantasy and one of the questions that we got was what's the deal with dragons uh the person who asked the question just like doesn't really get it uh and just like doesn't really see the appeal so that's that's the question that we are going to answer we're going to tell you why exactly dragons are dope they are beautiful ador- or adorable. They are also, like, the ultimate weapon. I feel like just, like, one of the, like, fire, flying, strength, magic, power. They're just, like, trump card yeah. of shit you can pull. You know? Yeah. That's what I think. And they're, like, they're, like, cute. I think that's another thing. Dragons are really cute. Like, Dragonair, Pokemon. I love dragons because, like... One, like, they defy age. Like, they live for so freaking long. Like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like... It's a wealth of experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Respect like, your elders. Dragons well, are classics like, for a reason. They get to, like, observe, like, these, like, humanoid kingdoms, like, pass through, like, different, like, ages and, like, periods and, like, are beyond that. Like, they're in their own, like, form of hyper-survival mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. They, they, like, transcend other people's worldly concerns in a lot of ways. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes dominate it. Yeah. Like, and, like, have that power and, like, can do that in, like, different capacities. Like, yeah. Because they, they're mad. Like, they can use magic and, like, change their form and appear human and, like, rule as kings even if they want to. Mm-hmm. Like, dragons, like, can do anything. Counterpoint, though, to be fair. Does that does that make them like OP? You know, like is that like? Do you think that there's maybe an over reliance on dragons because at this point, like you can pretty much like write any quality into a dragon and people no, can roll with. They do die in stories a lot, and like when they die, if it's like a dragon writer story and the dragon dies, it's like fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. There's also a lot of stories about like sort of dragons dying out as a species. You know, yeah. Game of Thrones. Avatar does that as well. Oh, that's interesting. There's only two dragons yeah. left because the the firebenders and their like conquest of nature mm-hmm. went out and like hunted all the dragons to prove how powerful they were. And the dragons were like the first firebenders, so it was like mankind's hubris, like destroyed. Yeah. yeah. And there's also the like, are they like intelligent like us, or are they like animals? I've I've read like multiple books where there's like the like. Living in a world where the sad reality is now the dragons are just these, like, sickly, beastly animals instead of the, like, glorious, like, human intelligent creatures that they, like, yeah, were like domesticated dragons. Yeah, they're, like, domesticated. I read a really weird story about that where this, like, girl goes off to, like, she, like, gets kidnapped on this boat. And then she, like, goes to a place where there's, like, actual, like, real dragons left. Not, like, the, like, because, like, all the souls of the actual dragons have been, like, trapped in a crystal ball on the other side of the planet. 
That's I don't some know. real fantasy yeah, mumbo jumbo, that's, that's and I like, love it. Yeah, it was like, and she had to go like, <laughs> but then it got way weirder too, because then she like meets a like a intelligent dragon, and they have like dragon brain sex, where like dragons don't have normal sex; they have like brain sex, where you like shoot your like like mental energy into the clouds and that's like how they have sex and then that dragon like turns into a human to be with her forever but which really you have fucking to be, disappointed you have to be careful because like your iCloud storage runs out really <laughs> fast like <laughs> just stay on top of deleting that shit or like it runs out and just it's really like, annoying <laughs> I was I remember being like so irritated as a kid because I was like I was like why the fuck would you, like, turn into a fucking human if you were a dragon just to be with some chick, you know? Yeah, How totally. How fucking lame is that? Get so on my lame. level! Yeah. <laughs> we said we wouldn't get pervy, but it opens up a whole series of questions about, like, dragons and, like, what, banging. who yeah. are they willing to bang? Because if they're willing to stoop to our level, like, are they also banging squirrels? Do we have a problem with that if they are? <laughs> Like, I don't see how that's implied in any of it. Well, if they're changing forms to have sex with lower beings, and I do consider us lower beings. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. Then, like, it's, what is off the table for dragons? It seems really inappropriate for them to do that. If I could become uh, an animal, like, you go I would not go running around banging other animals. Yeah, that's true. I, I have other shit to do. If I was shape-shifting, I would not have sex with animals at all. Yeah, and I have wanted to shape shift for a real long time. Like that, I have always. Yeah, wanted to I was a major animorphs kid. Shape shifting. This podcast is pro shape shifting. I don't know about whether or not it's okay for a dragon to have sex with a squirrel. I feel like they do have a higher understanding of laws and consciousness and what's okay, like than us. And I feel like that's sort of on them. I feel like they can make that determination. Yeah, I'm gonna like put that on dragons. You know, that's for them to decide. Yeah. Harper is looking at me with a kind of face that says. I want to legislate what dragons can do. No, it's not that. It's not that at all. I I have just reached the point where I like realized that I like checked the recorder and we've been talking about the dragon like thing for like 14 minutes and I still don't feel like we've made like a convincing argument that dragons are I just don't understand why. It's tough because you take it as a given that people are going to think the dragons are It's just so frustrating to me. They're so cool. They're so cool. They're, like, the best. And they're so cute. It's like, it's like everything you wanted out of a perfect pet. Like, you need to, like, loosen up your your frame of of what a dragon is for just a minute. Like, we were talking earlier, like, this is what people do. Like, everyone loves dragons, so they tweak it to make it just, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit closer and more special to them. So, like, picture that fucking, like, super fat, weird, friendly cat that your friend has, you know? Only instead, it, like has wings, you know, and, like, occasionally, like, sneezes and, like, little bits of, like, smoke come out of its nose, you know, and it just, like, rolls over all day and is, like, really lazy and, like, everyone loves it. And you you can rub its belly and it makes, like, little chirping noises. That's dope. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it can, like, sing and, like, yeah, and then, like, like, you get lost, you get lost out in the woods at some point and then it, like, magically appears and is, like, glowing and, like, leads you down the path home, you know, like. that's a dragon. That's a dragon, baby. There's it's a... there for you. It's gonna get you out of a jam. Tamora Pierce has a really cute baby dragon in her books, and that dragon is fucking awesome. Basically, it just helps her commit crime. It just like sings locks open for her, and like opens boxes and shit, and can like find precious jewels. And it's fucking cute. In most of the stories, it's like maybe like three feet tall, like like a big like a bobcat sized like cute 
like lizard with like big ruby eyes that's just like staring at you like a baby animal. Yeah. You know? Or it's like or it's like a goat with like a super long like grippy like lizard tail. Yeah. You know, that can like fly. I mean, you're literally describing the devil, but but like but like that's cool too. And that's pretty you cool. All, yeah, no, it's cool. Like, I know another book where like this person has a dragon that's just totally made out of glass that just flies around with her. That's pretty cool too. It's that's like a, interesting. It's like a foot long. It's like I guess you maybe like a wyvern or whatever, but like it's like a foot long, like long dragon, just completely made out of glass. Pseudo dragon. Pseudo dragon. Dungeon dragon. Yeah. I believe. Yes. Um. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyway, little dragons, little dragon sidekicks, very in favor of. Yeah, like you could have you could have a little like little barky dog dragon. Yeah. You could have like pomeranian uh, sized. You know. Yeah, like you can really like think whatever you want, and then like this dragon make it like. Quasi lizardy and yeah. like bam dragon. Yeah. Can you think of the the endless selfie possibilities? Oh my you know? god, so many selfie oh, possibilities. Hell yeah. yeah. A fucking dragon, dragon selfies. I just want me to be the first person to be able to do that. Like I just I. I want that too. I think that I deserve that. You do. You know I think that I deserve that with the first dragon. I just like I really every time there's like a dragon spotting on the Daily Mail, I'm right there. I'm all about it. Like, every yeah. time, like, I'm just, I'm so there for them. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just really want that, you know? I just really like dragons. Um, I feel like if I was, like, perfect, like, fantasy setup for me is I would have one little, like, side dragon, right? And it would only eat apples. It would be, like, an apple-eating dragon, which is that was the only thing it would eat. And then that was a dragon I just kept with me forever. And then I would have another, like, bigger, like, more cat-like ish dragons or maybe i would just have one little side dragon and then the giant cat that i rode i didn't think about this later this is not i always would imagine like if my if i had a like dragon little sidekick he would eat like like rodents or like yeah insects. like rats yeah like it could like fly around and like eat like flies it could have like an elastic tongue like, but i've always tongues. you know i've always imagined like a falcon sized yeah See, dragon i was thinking even a little bit larger like something that would feed on like raccoons and possums that would be like um even a falcon sized you know yeah that would be like a little bit larger than a wolf maybe i think i would be like, like what slightly I'm sad be, like you can ride it but it's not like yeah. a huge i'd thing. be like slightly sad if my dragon ate a raccoon that would make it like a little bit sad. yeah i'm I thinking like i'm thinking like uh daenerys dragons yeah. like at the end of season five maybe. yeah yeah no that makes sense Anyway, thanks for listening to our dissertation on dragons. Yeah, those are our uh, opinions on dragons. I hope they're that beautiful. You reconsider your question opinions. asker. Yeah. And and just try out try out thinking about dragons like in, in some, ultimate dragon. In some new ways. Like think about think about some some, some cuter dragons than maybe you've seen. Yeah. Um in other I stuff. will say People, like, this, we're, we've just presented a lot of opinions on fantasy, and if, I also want to say, we got, like, a lot of really amazing feedback from really nice people, and that made yeah, me feel really, nice really good, and it felt super positive, and really excited about that. If you want to give us some, like, contrary opinions about fantasy, we're actually really interested in hearing or, those. Or provoke us to talk more about sci-fi. Yeah, or, or don't. Do um, uh, or do. Or tell us what kind of dragon you want. Draw us pictures of dragons. Also, if you're still doubting, this is going to sound really weird, and I would never tell anyone to do this normally, but honestly, like, just, like, Google image search dragons or image search dragons, even, even fucking on DeviantArt or something, and I promise you, you will find something you find, like, adorable and accessible and that you'll love. You'll also find some really disturbing things. 
But that's not on me, that's on you. This is, we're doing the cute animal, the rare cute animal. Yeah. Uh, and this week, um, I chose the palace cat. Tell and us about it. The palace cat, it is fucking adorable. This cat, it like has this like, we talked about floofing last time. This cat's entire body and face just like floof out. Yeah. For, face, for the recap, floofing yeah. was like a flat puffiness. Like a flat like puffiness. Like puffy on the sides. Yeah. This whole cat, its entire face is just like flat and it just goes out and it's like ridiculous it makes like the weirdest faces like it just like please like google palace cat like uh there's always also How's that think, spelled? known it's spelled p-a-l-l-a-s mm-hmm. uh they're also known as manuals uh octobalus manual is the uh like latin name it's also the name of the cutest video that you will find of them which is a video of a palace cat discovering an animal tracking cam outside of its cave. It's extremely cute. It's really cute. Uh, I'm looking at the Google image search of it right yeah. now. Also, and if you look at the kittens it, of, of this particular breed, it's like unfair. But the, the cool thing about them actually is not just how cute they are. It's like they often look really like unhappy. But not like <laughs> sad, but like they look cranky and just like... They're so cranky. In, in a really like cute way like they look like pissy in a way that you just don't feel sorry for them at all they look like little old men if you love cats you love them for their pissy natures exactly you know? uh i will say one thing that's cool about the pal- palace cat is if you've ever looked at a cat's eyes they get like thinner and they expand like but like i don't know people say that it like mimics the shape of the moon that's not true it's like all about like how much light is coming in uh to their eyes at any given time uh and most cats eyes like expand and contract like um, in these uh, vertical slits, like they just like they start really narrow and then they get like wide. But palace cats are like the only cat that's eyes just like like get smaller and smaller into little dots, like Cute. just little pinpricks in their eyes. I'm looking at one of them right now. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that's cool about palace cats. I feel. This is a thing that happens to me in animals a lot where, like, I will discover a really cute animal online and I'll, like, post about it. And then, like, two months later, like, they'll just become, like, the hit animal of the internet, which is a thing that happened to the Pals Cat. Pals Cat, celebrity, they've been featured on Wired and on HuffPo, whatever. I knew about them first. Uh, Bored Panda, all the ones. Genevieve is the, like, <laughs> the one true Pals Cat fan. fan. And yeah, the rest I was... of you are fucking... Posers. You are, and I'm. I am mad about it. Uh, I guess I'm included in that. Yeah, I am mad about it. I. You heard it here first that I was the first to discover them. Anyway, that's a palace cat. You should go look at that video. I love how wild they look. They look crazy wild. Yeah, and those whiskers, like slash, like just like 
face area is so intense. Yeah, it, it's extremely expressive. You yeah. want to like rub your face against their face. You shouldn't. No, I don't. They look unhappy and they look like they're going to hurt me. Yeah, they I'm look also, like they're I'm not as big of a cat person as you. So I like the a... cat downstairs I know was going to attack me and I still rub his like, face. Same. Face. Like I know what's going to happen. I know that he's going to like try to rip yeah. my hand off. But I that's what I'm saying is, is you're more of a cat person than yeah. I am. I don't. When I when he seems pissy, I just leave. Him. Okay. I can't, I can't, I can't. I uh, uh, Octo Colobus Manual YouTube video Palace Cat. Watch it. It's so good. sign off um i hope this hasn't been too confusing we hope you liked it yeah congratulations you made it through the second basement cult podcast if you aren't ready to really dedicate yourself to the cult yet that's fine just keep listening and eventually we'll get your credit card number (laughs) just like we will yeah it'll be fine it will just happen don't worry about it yeah we have your best interest at heart we definitely do i am like if nothing, if not like a benevolent queen. Yeah, and if you if you wanted to send us that uh, credit card number right away, we could just speed this whole thing up. Uh, we actually we set up an email account where you can send questions and uh, provocations and arguments uh, directly to us. Pictures of dragons. Uh, Please send us yeah, pictures call of dragons. Outs, line yeah. corrections. Pictures of cats. Yeah. Uh, really, whatever you want to say to us. So just send it over to this email. Uh, what was it again, Genevieve? It is basementcult4 at gmail.com, and the four is the number four. Yeah, like so the just numeral four. Numeral four, four basementcult4 at gmail.com. Y'all should first, though, contact your creditor and authorize any payments from yeah. Basement Cult. Yeah. Just saying. That's just. I think that will just make it'll save us all a headache. Yeah, later. like an easier transition. It'll save a lot of unnecessary phone calls and second guessing, which yeah. We don't need to do that. So don't be a dick about it. <laughs>